0: Thank you for checking out the Long Run Podcast. As you probably know, being a young adult is sometimes just as confusing as it can be exciting. Our 20s and 30s bring about many life-altering decisions and seasons of change. How we decide to live through those seasons will directly impact us in the long run. Our vision for this podcast is to help you make your life count by knowing Jesus, loving Him, and becoming like Him daily. Having said that, Here's the next episode of the Long Run Podcast. All right,
1: all right, all right. <laughs> one What's going on, all podcast right. world? So we're going to go ahead and get started. Weston, you had a pretty big weekend this past weekend. Tell did, us about what you did, why you did it, and will you do it again? So as far as what I did, I jumped out of an airplane. Like a perfectly
0: good working airplane. Yeah, a perfectly good working airplane. And why I did it, I don't know, it was me and a good buddy of mine. We planned on doing it. We were talking about it probably a year ago, going skydiving. Mm-hmm. It just never happened being in school. But now, guess what? For those who are in college, once you get out of school, you have free time. <laughs> a little bit of free time. But okay. And you have a little more money, too. So we decided to go skydiving. We went to West Tennessee skydiving out in the middle of nowhere, north of Memphis. And, dude, it was so awesome. It was, and you know, I wasn't, I didn't even think about it, like the whole two weeks prior, even the day before, Mm -hmm. and I'm sitting out here, you were at our house Friday night Mm -hmm. for a little get together, but before that, I was sitting out there with my dad, and he was cooking, we were cooking chicken and everything, and he starts asking me all these questions, he's like, (laughs) are you nervous? And I'm like looking at him, and I'm like, why does he keep asking me all these questions? Is he, is he trying to talk me out of it? <laughs> well, then I begin to think through the scenario, which mm-hmm. I've kind of blocked out of my mind. Right. Because I'm really kind of scared of heights in, in, a, in a way. Not like <laughs> yeah. a super fear of it, but I don't like standing at the top of a building or bridge. And he starts asking me all these questions, and I'm like, no, I need to not think about this. So I did my best to not think about it. We're in the airplane. We're going up. There's 10 of us in this little small airplane, and I'm starting to think about it. And I'm like, I can't even think of script right get now. The to chills me. thinking about it. And the guy that I'm strapped to, he's like telling me all the stuff about the jump, what to do, whatever. I was like, Yeah, talk to me right now, cause <laughs> get my mind off of it. And then it comes, we're the first tandem jump out of the airplane. it's good. And so they dip the tail fin of the plane, whatever it's called, to take us to zero gravity. That way we can stand up in the plane since we're all strapped to each other. And then as you can imagine, two grown men strapped to each other trying to trying to walk together, and we walk to the edge of the airplane, and I'm on the inside, <laughs> just screaming. But I'm trying to act all cool because I'm getting video right. the whole time. And he's like, just don't look down. And you can see if uh, I posted the video on Instagram and Facebook, I look down, he pulls my head back. Yeah. Mainly because he didn't want me to look down and he told me he didn't want me to hit him in the head and when we uh, oh, jumped when out. Back, yeah. mm-hmm. But we jumped out of the plane. It was straight from there. That's though. all she wrote. That's all she wrote. And it, you know, the training didn't even last that long.
1: The, the jump lasted longer than the training. How long were you from... The time you jumped out to hit the ground, how long did that take? Probably like five minutes at the most. So you're in the like parachuting or whatever, falling down for five minutes. Mm-hmm.
0: The fall was the shortest. The fall was probably a little more than... I could have this wrong, too, because it was maybe like two minutes for the fall. The parachute was a little bit longer. I think it was about
1: three minutes. So could when you're falling, did he say how fast you were falling or anything? Yeah, we topped out at 140 miles an hour. So could you hear him yelling at you no. or talking to you, like uh-uh. is it just like whoo, like this crazy wind? It's know? it's
0: just it's like sticking your head outside the car is okay. how they described it and it was completely accurate. And he told us when you jump out, you know, everybody's got their hands out when they're following, whatever. I have to hold my shoot when we jump out. That way then we don't start flipping. Mm-hmm And then something comes out of the parachute, I don't know what it's called, but it's this little white thing that pulls out first, not the parachute, but it keeps us from spinning. Mm -hmm. Because once you, you know, the momentum builds up and you just keep spinning and spinning, then you're not going to get that chute open. Mm. And so it's like the first five seconds out of the plane, you're holding on to your chute, and then he taps me on the shoulder because
1: you can't hear him. And he's got a helmet on too. I don't. (laughs) I
0: was like, why does he get a helmet?
1: I'm not sure if you're falling, you know, thousands of feet that a helmet's going to really matter, but sure.
0: Yeah, I, I didn't get that. I was worried about getting a bug in my mouth, too. You're falling, and then you're like... Oh, yeah. I was like, well, I guess bugs don't go that high in there. I don't know. Because we pulled the chute. I think we pulled the chute at 9,000 feet. Uh-huh. I think, if I'm correct, there's probably pilots listening to us, and they're like, no, no, no how,
1: that's not it. How... Uh, so once you pull the chute, like how fast were you falling down at I'm that like point? 15 miles an hour. Okay. So like what was cool, he let me grab the handles of the chute. Yeah.
0: And he's like, okay, if you pull this all, because we're talking to each other at that point, if you've ever been parasailing, very similar to that. If you haven't done that, then it's just like flying like mm. you're a kite. You know what I mean? You can hear each other. It's pretty chill up there. And he says, okay. He gives me the two handles, left hand and right hand. He says, okay, if you pull this thing all the way down to your hip, we'll start spinning. Mm. And I was like, okay, we, we do a spin. And then now we're getting like level with the ground and we start going down straight. And I'm like, Oh, and the, the, the shoots going, <laughs> and I'm like, cause oh. like, I let it up slowly. And I'm just like, let's do that again. <laughs> okay. Awesome. But yeah, So would you do it again? I would do it again to quote my buddy if somebody paid for it or if it was like a big group going. Okay. But I mean, it was You fun. experienced it. You're good. Yeah. The, the biggest thrill, like honestly, when you're falling, it didn't even feel real like i know that sounds weird it just did not feel real and like the most adrenaline you felt was when you're on the edge of the plane yeah i bet and i told matthew after because we go to the lake a bunch i was like honestly i've had inner two rides that were scarier longer longer not
1: scarier but scarier for a longer period of time right but it's it's kind of like being at at the lake though and you you had those rocks that you jump off Mm -hmm. it's like man the worst part is just that yeah, Step jumping off. forty feet off the at yeah.
0: the cliffs or whatever. But yeah, it was awesome
1: though. Okay, well, to segue into uh, our topic tonight, that obviously cost you a, a pretty penny to do we Ooh. don't need to talk about all that but no, that's uh, that, that's not cheap which you know I don't want to pay for a cheap uh parachute you know you get what you pay for so I'm happy to pay a lot of money for that uh, but we're talking about uh money tonight um, when when you were texting and we were talking a money, few days money, ago money. you said uh, let's talk about where the Bible talks about testing God and and so you kind of Stumped me for a minute. I'm like, is he ta- like, is he talking about money? Is he talking about the Malachi mm-hmm. verse? And I was like, that's a weird way to want to say you want to talk about money, but that's what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And and so uh, I, I love talking about money. I love talking about giving. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, the Bible. Uh, talks about it a lot. And so that's what we're going to talk about tonight is, um, is the role of money. Uh, the the verse there in, in Malachi 3.10 is, Bring the full tithe into the storehouse that mm. there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. Which, by the way, I love the Lord of hosts. Shane and Shane has that awesome Lord of hosts song. And, Please don't uh, sing it. I, I feel you're about to sing it right now. I was about to. I think, <laughs> I think it's called Psalm 46. Lord of hosts, okay, you're okay. with me, well, with me in the back. You've done this in a issues. few different times, there
0: and you haven't got any calls go. to get signed on for record right
1: now, uh, I so. just signed... Uh, told our uh, music minister that he's going to do voice lessons, that, like <laughs> for free. Uh, anyways, and he says, "If I will not open the windows of heaven for, for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need." So, way to cut back to that verse. Uh, yeah, we got back there. So, uh, we're going to talk about uh, money tonight, and um, and so, uh, how much should we give to the church? Well, you know, let's let's just dive in there. You know, the the old debate is, uh, well, is the new believer still supposed to give? Ten percent to the church, and uh, I have a feeling that is you, that true? Yeah. So I have a feeling that you don't agree with that. I felt like we were talking, and and you you said something that made me feel like you don't agree with bringing the whole ten percent to the church. So what are your thoughts?
0: Well, you know, when I texted you about this verse about testing God, and you're like, that's a weird way to talk about money. Well, it's weird because we know in the Ten Commandments there's a commandment to not put the Lord God to your test, mm-hmm. uh, to the test. So to say there's an area in the Bible where the God says to test him doesn't mean that he's asking you to sin, but it really perks up your ears a little bit. And I think it speaks volumes to how important, obviously we know money's important. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we can sit here and what we're talking about, giving on the podcast today. But really, when it says put the Lord God to the test, and we're going to crack that open in a second, it just stands out. And you're Mm -hmm. like, what, what does this mean what put the lord god to the test about it. with what so yeah we'll see that but to answer your question as far as giving to the 10 percent uh to the church i was oh my mic just like fell off there <laughs> i got it fixed now <laughs> whatever your answer is about to be it's wrong god's trying to stop i know no, he's like trying to dodge the mic away. but yeah i don't think that we have to give just a strict 10 percent to the church okay I think, uh, based off the New Testament uh, giving versus the Old Testament tithe, that you kind of give your conviction there. And I I don't want that to be an excuse to, well, I'm just going to give the least amount now. Mm -hmm. But really, I'll say this, and I'm not going to just, you know, kind of throw everything out there first, but we have to know that God doesn't need our money. Right. Like. We think, oh, we got to give ten percent to the church, whatever, and you know it depends how your church is stewarding the money and all this stuff. But the truth is, God doesn't need your money, so quit feeling like you know, like He would rather. It's a, it's not about how much you give, but it's about the heart.
1: Okay. Yeah. Uh,
0: I don't really know where I'm trying
1: to go with that, but that's kind of my answer. <laughs> okay. No, and it's 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 a fair answer, and um, you'll you'll get a lot of pushback on your answer, but there's enough. Very educated uh, people and and scholars who who will argue that uh, one of my mentors uh, agrees with you. He de- he doesn't bl- believe that mm-hmm. you need to bring uh, the first fruits to the storehouse, the church anymore. Um, you know, and and a lot of people use the verse in Second Corinthians uh, that Paul says. He says the point is this: whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, Mm -hmm. not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that that is used a lot of Hey, look, a New Testament giver should be a cheerful giver, and whatever amount that is, he should give joyfully uh, with that. And and so the. I would say, I think I fall, and of course a pastor falls more in the line of bringing your first ten percent mm-hmm. uh I see in in the New Testament, you know sometimes Jesus acknowledged things without directly acknowledging it mm-hmm. and and like I believe that uh I think it was in matthew twenty three ish uh when he was rebuking the the Pharisees uh during it was the last week he was alive he said, "Woe to you, you hypocrites, you bring the first ten percent uh, you tithe to the storehouse with your deal and and he and he rattled off a list of things, but then he and he said, As you should mm-hmm. as you should tithe those things, but he said, but you ignore justice, mercy, mm-hmm. you know those things like that and so I feel like in Jesus's rebuke, he was like, yeah you're you're doing the things that you." you think you should mark off the list mm-hmm. um but you're ignoring these things that are actually more important and so uh i've always felt like uh jesus just um reinforced the concept of bringing the the 10% uh, i i think most uh people in the bible belt i i think i can speak for our church is full of uh folks who believe hey the first fruits need to come to the storehouse the church mm-hmm. you know and and when you think about the co- the conversation of what why the church well mm, right. it's not just to make sure that your staff's paid, that the bills are you know the right. lights are, are on and things of that nature but the the church should also be uh, a hub mm. for sending out of right. missionaries pastors it should be a, a a hospital for sinners a distribution for the hungry right. you know it should be all of those things unfortunately a lot of our most of our churches right. Are not, mm-hmm. and so we think. Well, why should I give my first fruits there?
0: Exactly. Yeah. And so um, it's not just for the worship gathering, but it's for the body.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. We think. Well, why, why do I need to give all ten percent of my giving? Why does everybody need to do that if we're just there on Sundays? Mm-hmm. And that that was that's a misnomer, or maybe it's reality now, but that wasn't the way it was uh, in 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 the Old Testament, New Testament times. And so um, I, I do believe that the the, the first fruits should come, and and I also say this: like I think that ten percent. Should just be a starting point. Yep, I um, agree. You know, and and it is a matter of the heart. Right. I I would hope that you you give cheerfully, whether that's a hardcore ten percent, eight percent, nine percent, eleven percent, whatever right. it is. And then I think you should be giving above and beyond mm-hmm. things uh, supporting missionaries. Right. You know, like personal friends uh, who who go and 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 uh, and I know our, our demographics is aimed towards younger folks. Right. Uh, and you're like, man, I don't have a lot of money now. Well. Mm-hmm. You know, God says if you're trusted with a little, you'll eventually be trusted with a lot. Right. And so uh, it's not about how much you give right now, but it's about uh, it's about being obedient exactly. with your giving. And, and you bring up, you know, you
0: think it's really based off the 10%, and that's a good starting point. And you kind of share, I share with my point of view, and it's not that we disagree, but I think we're both on the same page, actually, but we just kind of entered it differently, mm-hmm. that it doesn't end with the 10%.
1: Oh yeah, and it's not yeah.
0: just a check mark. It's not a bill. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because if you're not being a cheerful giver, don't even give your money.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, a pastor, yeah. I'll still give it. You know, I'll be cheerful <laughs> for you. Uh, I'll say this. Um, you know, and. The perception in the church, or I think this is the way it was in in history. It it used to be, uh, hey, you need to bring your your cash money Mm -hmm. to to the storehouse and give that day. Mm -hmm. You know, and then there was used to be a really big deal when they started taking checks. They're like, no, you need to be giving cash. Mm -hmm. Well, eventually, checks became a part of the norm. Right. Well, now, and and I'm embarrassed to say, but in a lot of churches, uh, there are before COVID hit, a lot of churches fought off or fought against electronic giving you know where you could set it up to your bank or you could set it up uh, you know through um the church's website things of that nature but uh, covid changed a lot of that because we weren't having yeah. church we were like man we need that 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 giving but for me yes tithing and giving is an act of worship mm-hmm. okay and and people would argue, well, when you're when you just have it set up every two weeks to come out of your check, that's not an act of worship. Mm-hmm. Well, is not every act of obedience when you are obeying God right. is not every act of obedience an act of worship? Mm-hmm. And so, if a church can make obeying God easier, right? That's we should do that. Mm-hmm. And so, sometimes we would forget checks. Sometimes mm-hmm. we forget our cash. And so, if I can help you set that up. I think that we're helping you be an obedient follower right. uh, to the Lord and what and was so it Romans 12:2 that your life may be a living yeah, sacrifice uh, yeah, that's your true form of worship. That's right. You know and and so that's uh for me giving is it's such an easy topic to discuss because it's so broad and mm-hmm. there's so many areas to hit on. Um
0: and you know we kind of broke down the 10%. Look, it, you look at Dave Ramsey's budgeting tools and his recommendations. He's like you need to start giving 10% because mm-hmm. why because it's healthy, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And it, like you said, it's a starting point. And so that's the starting point. I think 10% is a safe number because I, I don't know kind of the both sides of the theological argument. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, it's strict 10% or it's, you know, pray, you know, whatever you should give. I was like, I think 10% is good, you know what I mean? Yeah. Even You know, because I don't know what number is going to, God's just going to tell me, you know what I mean? Like, just go ahead and do 10% and see mm-hmm. what the Lord does in your life even if it hurts. And I think that's where we're kind of moving towards with this conversation, because I looked at, I read this verse, Malachi 3.10, from Francis Chan's book, Crazy Love, mentioned it a few weeks ago. If you haven't got a chance to read it, read it. It's awesome. I love Francis Chan. Um, And you mentioned the verse here, where it says, uh, you know, bring the full tithe into the storehouse, there may be food in my house. And he says, "Then therefore put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open... The windows of heaven for you, and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. So, how do we, how do we test God with our giving? Uh,
1: Explain that. Put some light on that. I would say um, a test is typically a um, a painful thing. Mm -hmm. It's not something that that should come easy. I mean, for some of us, you know, tests do come easy, and we look forward to it. You guys are freaks, Um, (laughs) but but typically a test means there's some stress there. There's, there's stretching. Right. And, uh, and so in order for you to be stretched uh, when it comes to giving that, that to me equates to sacrificial Mm -hmm. giving, you know, and, and where you give to where it's a little uncomfortable. Right. And, uh, and so when I think about this, I think about, um, the story of Ananias and Sapphira mm-hmm. Sapphira in uh, in acts chapter 5 uh remember uh Pentecost happened and the the church was being established they were all on common ground and mm-hmm. people were uh, Barnabas uh sold all uh, a field and brought all the money and then Ananias and his wife came and and they sold sold it and they came under the pretense of they're bringing everything mm-hmm. they that was the perception that they were putting out there of, oh yes, we sold all of this, and now we're bringing 100% of it to the apostles to help the growth of the church. Well, uh, as I was studying that passage, I I came up with this expression, and I don't know how accurate it is, but I'm really kind of falling in love with it, and it's called exaggeration of perception they are exaggerating their perception of their religiosity of of just how spiritual they are mm-hmm. and so break that down for the smaller minds like myself all right so exaggeration of perception here's a way that it could look all right um i i i can for them in the biblical terms they sold all this land and they were bringing a big gift okay they were tr- the perception was man look how faithful they are look mm-hmm. how obedient they are look at and the yet, example yeah look at the example and yet they were sinful because pride was driving it you can give a lot of money with the wrong motive mm-hmm. and be and be wrong yep. and be sinful another way and uh, i wrote this down when i was i was like how do i explain exaggeration of perception what about um these bible beaters these people who are constantly quoting verses, who are constantly called, causing uh, 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 decisiveness and, and, and derision, and division in, uh, in the church, and, and they're constantly using the Bible to beat people down, but yet when they go home, they're terrible husbands. Mm-hmm. They're lazy with their kids, they're, so they're, they're being a hypocrite. To me, they're trying to exaggerate the perception that they're really spiritual people. And so exaggeration of perception is just another way of—it's a big way of saying you're a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. And what's and, the
0: what's the passage of Scripture where it talks about love? If you've got all this knowledge, oh, if you've yeah, got all it's, these Oh, yeah, it's
1: acts, 1 Corinthians 13. But I know love, you're a sounding gong. Yeah, if I know all the secret mysteries of, of the universe, but I have not love, yeah, I, I, I am nothing. I'm a sounding gong. Mm-hmm. And and so, uh, so, yeah, and what happened to Ananias and his wife? Uh, they were— Destroyed. They were killed in that moment by God. Wow. Peter did not speak speak death, uh, a sentence of death on them. God did, and it happened so suddenly. And and there's all this reason, like, well, why did they die? Why did God allow them to die in that moment? And uh, and you know, there's a lot of debate. Some are like, hey, look, God was showing at the at the very beginning, at the the, the starting point of His church. Listen, I'm not gonna play around. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 because the start was so uh, uh, precious and and it was so new that uh, some some writers say God was showing, hey, I'm serious about building my church, yeah. and this is not going to go. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder if God still did that today. I think we'd have a lot of dead bodies out of after after some of our church services and I probably would have been dead a long time ago. I probably would have been dead too. And and so one thing you could you could think about is a lot of times we think oh I'm never going to die. I'm young. You know, I have forever to get right. Mm-hmm. Well, we're we're really depending upon God's graciousness there, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that we could see, hey, if God wants to withhold His grace and say, "Hey, your time is up," He can absolutely. And so, uh, yeah, it is kind of crazy to think, man, if if that happened today, we'd have dead bodies in all of our services. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and let's think about this too. Why? Why are we even talking about this? Other than it's mentioned, you know, in the Bible, but it, it can sound so redundant and like a salesperson. We're like, yeah, we got to just give our money. You're know, like, oh, it's just something for uh, something else for me to do. You know, I got to give my money away, but. You know, as the saying goes, it's better to give than receive. Mm-hmm. So we know why we're talking about this. We're talking about this for you, if you're listening to this. And you need to look at your life and say, where can I give more? Maybe I'm not even giving 10%. Because I, it, Look, the number doesn't matter, but it's it's about, if you pray through this, where can you give? Not so, like I said, God doesn't need your money, but it's a blessing to you. Mm-hmm. Because you can see, and Cliff, we've talked about this before, why is this a big deal for people in America, where we have plenty,
1: well, it's it's because number one, we have plenty, and we don't ever have to practice faith in God. Uh, mm. But greed is not just an American issue. We we ha- we've seen greed in Haiti. Sure we do. we've yeah. seen greed in India. Greed is a driver. Right. It just it's just a matter of. Uh, More zeros at the end of our figures you know. And and I'm not
0: just talking about greed But I'm really talking about the comfort that's present Mm -hmm. Because you said we don't need to have faith Because we don't have to rely And I'm not saying that other people in countries do Or it makes it easier But we don't have to rely on God to be the provider Most of the time in America Now I'm not addressing everybody that's You know You know, you may be listening to this, and you're not middle-class America. Maybe you're living paycheck to paycheck, and you're hurting, and you are relying on God to be a provider. But I'm just saying it's more predominant in America where they don't have to do that. No. Where everything can just be, you know, I I make my paycheck, and I just keep storing up, and I live for myself. But, you know, I go to church, and I make disciples, and I do these things. But, you know, I'm just going to stick to the 10% versus when I look at this verse, and I read it in Francis Chan's book, and it says we could put it says put the lord god to the test bring the whole tithe to the storehouse Mm -hmm. and see if he will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down a blessing for you until there's no more need now this is not the investment game this isn't i give to get paid you you know which can we can it can be very easy to do that with great intentions first and then you're like i'm gonna give more because i know he's gonna you know give me but you have to be cheerful from the get-go
1: well and just a quick personal story sarah and i were married it was our first year of marriage we were broke broker than a joke man i mean we just were so broke we we're trying to both going to school i was working full-time making ten dollars an hour uh you know a lot of my paycheck was going to health insurance man that's I, that's awful yeah, it was <laughs> it was miserable. terrible yeah it was we lived in wolf chase wood chase apartments over on germantown parkway mm-hmm. and um Anyways, we were just broke, and uh, I remember going to church one Sunday, and um, and I didn't tithe as a, as a college student. I really I didn't really work a lot as a college student. Mm-hmm. I played college football, and and that was pretty much it. And and I think I tithe when I was an intern. But anyway, so I, we were we were trying to practice tithing, you know, mm-hmm. really get get going with it. And I remember being at church. We had our checkbook, and I was just thinking, man, I, we don't have much money. Mm-hmm. Like if we. If we tithe, we're going to be like really next to nothing, you know. And we had rice and and stuff like that. Sorry. I mean, in, in the house. But I mean, it's just—I just remember thinking this is really going to hurt. And we did. We put the check in, and the very next day, uh, on Monday, I went to the mailbox, and there was like a fifty or seventy-five dollar. Uh, rebate check. We had bought uh, an, a little digital camera uh, from Best Buy, and we submitted a rebate. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, like we ha- we were having Darby, and so we needed a little digital camera. And anyways, and that little rebate check came in, and you think fifty seventy five dollars? <laughs> well, that was basically, <laughs> hey, we're gonna now have food for the rest of the week. It was yeah. just me and her, and don't talk about going out to eat. I mean, it was just like rice and roni, mm-hmm. and and hamburger helper, and stuff like that. And so, um, anyways, I just remember getting that check in the mail. Within 24 hours after struggling in church of whether or not I should tithe, and it was never, my, my gut in that moment, it was never about the blessing of the money. It was about God being present in that moment. Mm-hmm. And that is the greatest blessing. Who cares about stuff and money and all and, and those comforts? It's about God's presence in our life. And, and that's a story that I'll always yeah. remember. Absolutely, because that's... This is where it comes, and I am not want to say just especially
0: for us in America, but this is where we can not just put God to the test, but we can give, we can make it in our life for us to actually rely on him with a physical need Mm -hmm. in a way by giving a little more. And you're like, well, I'm capped out at 10%. That's enough. Where can you give a little bit more? And like I I talked with
1: a buddy about this the other day. He said, Weston, do you think we just have to give everything to the church? You have a note here that says, use use your imagination to give. Mm -hmm. Um, Just my pastor's heart, I'm really thankful that people give, uh, I think, sacrificially in our church, Mm -hmm. and, and, and even through all this, we have a strong budget. But man, I wish people would give of their time, too. Mm, that's good. And um, and so you, it's, our listeners, like we understand the demographics that we're listening to, may not have a lot of money right now, may not be able to just start giving 10% next mm-hmm. week. And so before I talk about time and other ways that you can give to the church, I want to encourage you, just begin to make plans to give. And you've got to, on your budget, you have to move tithe mm-hmm. to the top. of your budget don't have it in the middle and don't have it at the bottom first thing you if you don't have it at first you're never going to have enough Mm -hmm. it it, you just won't so you have to move that that tithe and you may not maybe you you're maxed out on credit cards you have all this debt and you can't give yet um it's okay no no we so, you know, you may be maxed out on credit cards. You may have uh, just a lot of debt, a lot of bills, and you can't. You just can't give 10%. Well, plan to give something. Just put a goal out there of, hey, you know what, I'm going to give. Maybe it's not a percentage, it's just a flat rate, but I'm going to give. Mm-hmm. And maybe, because this is America, hello, you're so broke, you can't give anything right now. Mm-hmm. So if you're in that, that position, here's what I want to say to you, and really I want to say to everybody is, think about your time. Being a part of your offering to the church mm-hmm. and your your talents being a part of your offering to the church. You know, I I, I think about uh, all the video stuff that you did. We eventually hired you on, but you were doing it for free anyways. And and uh, <laughs> and so uh, you know, if you have a talent, whether it's it's singing and being in the choir, or it's teaching a Sunday school class, or it's working in the nursery, you know, as a volunteer or, or whatever it is, uh, work on the volunteer team. You know, the the, the greeting team. I'm sorry, whatever it is. Uh, maybe that could be a part of your giving, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you have a note here, and this, man, such it preaches so well, like Jesus cares more about your obedience than your sacrifice, and and, and you have the note here that says the poor widow. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm telling you, the 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 rich men were coming and going and, and probably giving big amounts of money. They were giving a lot of money. They were giving a lot, and mm-hmm. here comes this poor widow who gave her two mites, which was not red cent, right. and and he said, look at her. He pointed her out. And even in my church today, I could teach that, and I probably would overlook that woman. Because yeah. I'd be like, oh, that's nothing. Mm-hmm. You know? And But Jesus pointed her out. And that's why I think, man, we we can know the Bible inside and out, but our perception still is just so off from Jesus's because we would miss that. Mm-hmm. We miss what's really at the heart of God himself, and and so it's not about the amount of money. It's about being obedient. It's about honoring God, and all of this, all of it. Why do we talk about money? Because this, because money becomes our God. That's exactly And it is. that is the bigger issue mm-hmm. that you are worshipping greed and comfort and money, and that takes place of your faith that we need to put in Jesus Christ alone. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what it's all you say, why are we talking about this? That's it. Because money becomes Numero uno, it is the God that we serve. As we, it's our goal. We go to college, and it's all about money. I'm, I want to go to college. I want to develop the skill set because I want to make money. And if money is always the goal, listen, you're going to miss out on people. People have got to be your goal, not money. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so, uh, even on your even on your way up, it can't be about money. That's right. It's always got to be about God's purpose and God's will for your life. Because then, when you get the money, you get that big money. That's right. That you get that money, money doesn't get you.
0: That's exactly right. You have to have the habit and the yeah the habit in place before you start making all that money. Practice giving now when you have hardly anything. You
1: know what I mean? Um, yeah. Trust me, if if you're not giving when you have little, you won't give when you have a lot. That's exactly because you'll right. always be a miss. You 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 want to know why? And I'm not Dave Ramsey, but if you don't give a little, and you think you're gonna give a lot when you you're gonna give when you have a lot, look, you're a mismanager. Mm-hmm. You mismanage a little, and you'll mismanage a lot. Ooh. That's all there is to it.
0: Through your little rant there, I don't know if you could see it or not, but I was kind of sinking in my chair. <laughs> I felt like you were preaching at me. But oh. No,
1: isn't it, isn't it true? I haven't been in. in I haven't yeah. been an ambitious person for really my entire adult life. Mm-hmm. I, I serve at the pleasure of God, whether whatever church that is, whatever role that is. I've always sought God's will. I've never sought a position or a church. Mm-hmm. But a lot of folks are seeking that status and that career for this, for comfort.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And whether you're, you're comfort, a pastor security. or not, yeah, mm-hmm. even in the secular world, if you are born-again believer, you still serve at the pleasure
0: of the master. 1 mm-hmm. Timothy 6, 9-10, through 10, But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. So, yeah, like you said, money is a big deal because where your treasure is, your heart mm-hmm. is also. And you talked about budgeting. You, talk, you mentioned Dave Ramsey. If you don't know how to put a budget in place, if you're in college, if you're out of college, Google Dave Ramsey, budget. Okay. I love all that personal finance stuff. I'm real yeah, geek about I mean, it. But.
1: Dave, Dave Ramsey, he, he, he can be a little crazy sometimes, and I think he would admit to it, but uh, <laughs> there's so much out there. He has free apps. There's mm-hmm. all kinds of free stuff out there that you could Google. I promise you, if, if you want somebody in your life to help you, pray, and, and the Lord will lead somebody. Mm-hmm. If you're going to a strong church, go go talk to your pastor and, and say, hey, I, I could use somebody. Do you know somebody in the church who could help me? Mm-hmm. And he's going to say absolutely, because mm-hmm. every pastor I promise you, 100% of every pastor at every church knows who the big money people are, and they know who knows how to handle money, right? <laughs> right. Most pastors, I don't know who gives in our church, and a, and a pastor shouldn't know, but every pastor knows who gives and, and who has that skill set of, of money. So if you need help with budgeting and things of that nature, go to your pastor. Absolutely. He can help you. Yeah. Get a budget in place.
0: You have to be a good steward of your money. Mm-hmm. And like I mentioned just a minute ago, where your treasure is, where your money's going, that's where your heart is and where your main concern is. Yeah. So if you create that budget or if you just even track what you spend for a week uh, and you look where that's going. I'm not doing it. If you look where that's going and say, well, all right, that's where my heart and my concern is. And look, that's what we're about on this podcast. That's why we do it. It's, it's called the long run, the long run of eternity. And we have to have this, uh, we have to renew our mind every day mm-hmm. and know that I read the psalm the other day. There's wisdom when you know that your days are numbered. Mm. If you're constantly living for comfort, like you said, and security, because you're just trying to... You can you can kind of cover that up, too. I'm just trying to provide for my family. And you yeah. can just work yourself in a yeah. ground for your family that you don't even ever see because you work too many oh hours in gosh. the week.
1: Don't and get me started. People, people, that's a whole other podcast. People want to... Prop- they want to provide for their family, and every time they talk about providing for family, it's it's better this and better that, mm. and almost every time, it's never, I want to provide a better spiritual uh, right. inheritance for my family. It's never about that. Right. And I say never. I mean, of course, there's, but it's always well. I want to get put my kid on this travel ball team, right. or I want to give my kid this yeah. this house or this car because I didn't have it. Well, what kind of spiritual nourishment mm-hmm. did you have? What, what kind of teaching did you have growing up? Uh, wasn't that great? Well, give your child better that.
0: The ambition never leads to selflessness. Yeah. They never, you know, you'll never hear. I want that next position because I'll have more flexibility, so I can be around more. But it's always yeah. I want more money. To give them a better life.
1: Yeah. I need to give this caveat, and I think we want to wrap it up. Mm-hmm. It's this. Having money is not an evil thing. It, Correct. It, it's, it's, it's obviously the, the role of money uh, in your life. Uh, it's that, immoral. It does not have morality attached to it. It's not good or bad. Right. And so uh, I just want to be cautious. I think pastors can sometimes, uh, you know, look, I, I have a—my church takes care of me, and uh, and I could easily look like a hypocrite that I just railed, but um, you got to use money— as a tool, mm-hmm. or you'll become a tool for money. And uh, and so uh, I think a lot of us have been used as a tool on some some areas, and, and it's not good to be used. And so money is a tool, um, and, uh, and you got to use it properly. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. That was a good closing there, and that was in regards to testing God with your money. It's all about mm-hmm. fueling this personal relationship with God. You can know God in such an intimate way, and just think about how your giving affects that mm-hmm. and where you can have him be your provider a little bit more. Uh, next week, Cliff, I don't even know if you know about this. Special I don't. guest next week, not throwing a name yet. No. Uh, but yeah, special guest. We're going to be talking about an awesome topic. Stay tuned. Actually, I'll go ahead and drop the topic. We're going to be talking about. Actually, we haven't confirmed the title, so I'm not going to say it. Uh, But yeah, (laughs) rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. You can also check us out on Spotify. And if you've been watching the YouTube version, you can see my little Chewbacca Mm -hmm. bobblehead I'm holding. Check us out on YouTube. We have a face for radio is what they tell us. And
1: share us on, like if you're on social media, hit
0: hit that share button. Absolutely. And if you want to hear us talk about something, not that we're running out of topics to talk about, hint, hint, (laughs) uh, just send us an email, text us, or, you know, Facebook message, all that good stuff. But, yeah, we appreciate you guys listening. Cliff, you got anything else? That's it. All right. Thank you, guys, and we will see you next week.